to the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hello all, today we have Sonia interviewing John about the popular novel, The Da Vinci Code. We continue to look at the popular book's claim that there were multiple Christianities and over 80 gospel books had to compete for us to get what we have today. Today, we're continuing to look at quotes from the alleged gospel book of Thomas. This was something we started last week and are looking to end the series this week. We hope you enjoy. That's what I said. They, they sound like absolute nonsense. That's the second part of saying 22. Jesus said to them, when you make the two into one, and when you make the inner like the outer and the outer like the inner and the upper like the lower, and when you make male and female into a single one so that the male will not be male nor the female be female, when you make eyes in place of an eye, a hand in place of a hand, a foot in place of a foot, an image in place of an image, then you will enter the kingdom. Sound like the, the true gospel, the true teaching of Jesus and that should have gotten into the gospel, into the canon? No. No, I don't, I don't think so. How about number 56 here? 56. Jesus said, whoever has come to know the world has discovered a carcass. <laughs> whoever has discovered a carcass of that person, the world is not worthy. Let's just tell you something about liberal scholars, shouldn't it? Uh, saying number 72. A person said to him, tell my brothers to divide my father's possessions with me. He said to the person, mister, who made me a divider? He turned to his disciples and said to them, I'm not a divider, am I? Number 98. Jesus said, the father's kingdom is like a person who wanted to put someone powerful to death. While at home, he drew his sword and thrust it into the wall to find out whether his hand would go in. Then he killed the powerful one. Sound good? No. No. 105. Jesus said, whoever knows the father and the mother will be called the child of a whore. Uh, I'm, I'm speechless. Let's, let's continue. Number 108. Jesus said, whoever drinks from my mouth will become like me. I myself shall become that person. And the hidden things will be revealed to that person. And finally... Number 114, the last one, my personal favorite. You'll, you'll just appreciate this one, I know, Sonia. Saying 114, Simon Peter said to them, Mary should leave us, for females are not worthy of life. <gasps> Jesus said, Look, I shall guide her to make her male, so that she too may become a living spirit resembling you males. For every female who makes herself male will enter heaven's kingdom. Well, I, I guess if liberal scholars want to bash Christianity, then they really will, then they'll want people to know that part. Well, again, but it discredits them because nobody who reads the Gospel of Thomas could possibly conclude honestly that this was a legitimate gospel account. These are legitimate teachings of Jesus that belong in the canon alongside of alongside of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Something that was written minimum. Yeah, 140 years after Jesus' time, has no apostolic authority, and again, it's clearly ripped off of Tatian's Diatessaron and mixed in with a whole bunch of Gnostic idiocies. So, interesting, actually, when you look at the, <laughs> compare the gospel books to Thomas, you have the manuscripts, okay, of the New Testament gospel books. There are total manuscripts in the order of thousands, about 5,800 from the New Testament, and not all of them include the Gospel books, but probably about 3,000 do. 
they go back into some of them into the early second century. The earliest quotation is from Clement of Rome around the year 70. It's probably before the New Testament was even completed. The earliest discussion of these books is by Papias. The only one that's come down to us is around the year 100. And yet for all this, we've looked at the evidence for the dates. Matthew around 40 to 41, Mark 42 to 43, Luke 48 to 49, John 65. Liberals conclude that these books are all written after AD 70. They're not reliable. When it comes to the Gospel of Thomas, we look at the evidence. Instead of 3,000 manuscripts, we have four. One of them is from AD 340. That's the Coptic one. Three tiny little fragments from the third century. It's quoted the earliest by Hippolytus, somewhere in the third century, first half of the third century, and discussed by Oregon around the same time. And they are against it. They're telling this is a fake book. The liberal scholar conclusion is that, nope, oh, Thomas is from the first century. It predates the canonic and go canonical gospels, and it is reliable. Do we see a certain intellectual dishonesty in liberal scholarship here? What do you think? Yes. I would think so, yes. Now that leaves us with one and only one alternate, the secret mark, and that one is actually very, very, very funny and very telling. So uh, this is the kind of nonsense we end up with in liberal scholarship. Historical Jesus lives to about the year 33. Then we're told that there were miracle and parable collections transmitted orally till about 50. And at that point, they start making Q. And they actually, we don't have a Q, but they divide it between the so-called early strata of codified Q, where they will tell you there's, there's no eschatological material in it, nothing about the kingdom of God and son of man material. And, oh, this may be as early as 45. And from this, you get the Gospel of Thomas, maybe 70, maybe earlier. And you get the later strata of Q, which brings in son of man pericopes. Now, this may be as early as 50. And then from 50, you get Mark around 70. And from Mark plus Q, you get Luke around 85. And original Mark becomes augmented Mark in the second century, perhaps. But meanwhile, augmented Mark and late strata of codified Q give rise to Matthew. Augmented Mark also gives rise to secret Mark, which then gives rise to canonical Mark in the fourth century and carpocration Mark. So the canonical mark, the one that we have in our Bibles, actually wasn't put together until the 4th century. Oh, this sounds like a, a far-fetched, made-up story. Do they even have any pretend evidence for any of this? No, no, that's not the way liberal scholarship works. Liberal scholarship works by having a person put forth an idea, other people like it, and we all agree on it, and then it becomes fact. Now, that last gospel book, it's on this list here, Augmented Mark gives rise to secret Mark, which gives rise to canonical Mark. So in between the Mark we have and an earlier version was this secret Mark, our last of our different gospel books. As I said, this one is kind of funny. Let's have a look at it. Secret Mark. What exactly is secret Mark? Well, a secret Mark is, is a completely unknown entity until... 
when a scholar named Morton Smith visited a monastery called Mar Saba, south of Jerusalem. And he claimed that while he was there, he found a 17th century printed book. That was a book that was published in the 17th century. Into the end pages of this book, there was a handwritten text that was written by an 18th century hand. Well, how, how, how can something from the 17th and 18th century have any kind of credibility at all? Well, that would be a good question, wouldn't it? What was in this handwritten note in the end pages of this 17th century book written in an 18th century hand was a previously unknown or supposedly previously unknown letter by Clement of Alexandria addressed to one Theodorus. And in this letter, which is not known anywhere else from Clement of Alexandria's writings, Clement warns Theodorus against a certain secret gospel of Mark, which was being used by a Gnostic group called the Carpocratians. And he says to stay away from this. It's fake. But Clement then, supposedly in this letter, admits that there is an actual, real, secret gospel of Mark with Jesus' private teachings for his initiates. It's more spiritual and supposed to encourage the acquisition of Gnosis. And in this, in this text in the end of the book, he quotes two passages that supposedly are from this genuine secret gospel. Let's look at these two passages. Number one, which supposedly fits in between Mark 10.34 and Mark 10.35. It reads this. And they come into Bethany, and a certain woman whose brother had died was there. And coming, she prostrated herself before Jesus and says to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. But the disciples rebuked her. And Jesus, being angered, went off with her into the garden where the tomb was, and straightway a great cry was heard from the tomb. And going near, Jesus rolled away the stone from the door of the tomb, and straightway, going in where the youth was, he stretched forth his hand and raised him, seizing his hand. But the youth, looking upon him, loved him and began to beseech him that he might be with him. And going out of the tomb, they came into the house of the youth, for he was rich. And after six days, Jesus told him what to do. And in the evening, the youth comes to him wearing a linen cloth over his naked body. And he remained with him that night, for Jesus taught him the mystery of the kingdom of God. And thence arising, he returned to the other side of the Jordan. What do you think of that? Uh, it doesn't sound like something that gives rise to a another Christianity. And also in, in that letter... From Clement, does he actually use the word secret gospel? Like, what does he actually call this passage? Apparently, yes. He says there's another secret gospel of Mark. So that's the first quote in this supposed letter from Clement. After these words follows the text, quote, and James and John come to him in all that section. But naked man with naked man and the other things about which you wrote are not found. And after the words, and he comes into Jericho, the secret gospel adds only, and the sister of the youth whom Jesus loved and his mother and Salome were there, and Jesus did not receive them. And this supposedly fits into Mark 10, 46. So what do you have here? And any kind of, any kind of intimation or hints of something improper here? 
Well, what, what's a naked person doing there? Good, Why is he naked? Good question. You have... She, during the night, the youth comes to Jesus wearing a linen cloth over his naked body or remained with him that night. And then later on, naked man with naked man. Well, you, you can understand what the implication here is. And yes, indeed, Morton Smith was that, went that way himself. Now, Smith supposedly found this in 1958. He didn't announce it until 1960, and he didn't actually publish it until 1973. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth in My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.